Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Climate change is a hot topic today. We hear on the news about melting polar ice caps, disappearing glaciers, and more extreme weather events. We hear from scientists that humans are playing a role in these changes through burning fossil fuels in our cars and trucks and to generate the electricity needed to keep us on all our recent Zoom calls. But if you've paid attention to this topic, you might have also heard that cattle and other ruminant farm animals are to blame for climate change. So what are the facts? Uh, Can we eat our way out of climate change? Joining us today to answer these questions and more is the Chief Sustainability Officer at Elenco Animal Health, Dr. Sarah Place. Sarah is the Chief Sustainability Officer at Elenco. Prior to Elenco, she was the Senior Director for Sustainable Beef Production Research at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and an Assistant Professor in Sustainable Beef Cattle Systems at Oklahoma State University. She received her Ph.D. in animal biology from the University of California, Davis, a B.S. in animal science from Cornell University, and an A.A.S. in agricultural business from Morrisville State College. Sarah, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, what are the facts around greenhouse gas emissions and ruminants? Are they really to blame for climate change? Yeah, so if we just look in the United States, and according to the U.S. EPA, uh, greenhouse gas emissions from beef and dairy cattle in the U.S. are about 3.3% of the nation's greenhouse gas emission total, right? So if we have some context here and contrast, electricity generation is responsible for about 26% of U.S. emissions, and transportation is responsible for about 27% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. So that gives us kind of a sense of scale and puts it in perspective that ruminant farm animals are not a major contributor to U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. Rather, most of our greenhouse gas emissions are coming from burning fossil fuels to run electricity, to drive our cars, to do all the other things that we like to do on a daily basis. Uh, So when we think about what actually is in that 3.3% of emissions uh, that represents what beef and dairy cattle emit, uh, it's kind of broken up into two main areas, right? One is what we may have heard about a lot in the news, which is methane that comes from the animals themselves, the methane they naturally belch out. Uh, so just as an aside, it's not cow farts, right? It's cow burps. Um, that's where most of the methane comes from. And methane's about greenhouse gas. So that's the one major category of emissions. And then the other is emissions that come from the animal's manure. So both methane again, and also nitrous oxide emissions, which is another potent greenhouse gas. 
So again, altogether, it's 3.3% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions that come directly from beef and dairy cattle. And most of those emissions are actually from those cow burps. So cow farts aren't a thing, huh? No, they're not. That's if we take one thing away from this interview, hopefully that's it. You know, it's cow burps, not cow farts. That'd be a good name for a rock band, cow farts, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So can we eat our way out of climate change? Yeah, the simple answer to that is no, right? So as you mentioned in the intro, right, we, we sometimes hear about this changing our diets, but if we look at the research and some research specifically that was published by the Proceedings of National Academies of Sciences back in 2017, they looked to answer this question with a pretty extreme scenario. They asked, what if all Americans essentially became vegans? Right? We eliminated all animal agriculture. So even beyond our ruminant animals, all chickens, pigs, cattle, everything is gone. What would that actually do to agriculture and to greenhouse gas emissions? So what they found is that the greenhouse gas emission change would actually be relatively small. So only 2.6% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions would be reduced, right? So, uh, and that's less than one half of 1% of global emissions, okay? So it's a small amount. So it would be tough to detect that. Some of the other changes that would take place is we would actually produce more pounds of food and more calories. But I think as we're having this conversation, right, we think about how much energy and how many calories are in the U.S. food supply. I think we're probably set on that point, right? What the other consequence would be would actually be less essential nutrients, right? So specifically things like vitamin B12, okay? So vitamin B12, we all need it. It's an essential nutrient, but it only comes in animal source foods. Uh, It's essential for neurological functioning, right? For cognitive development, uh, for energy metabolism, for red blood cell formation. So all these things I'm saying, right? they're, They're pretty important things. So it is really critical, and that's one of those major trade-offs if we think about this, is that, you know, we wouldn't have an adequate nutrient supply. There are other trade-offs, too, in this extreme scenario. If we get rid of animal agriculture, we get rid of the other things that come from animal agriculture that aren't just food, which includes actually animal manure, uh, which is an important fertilizer source. It's an organic and natural source of fertilizer in a way that we cycle nutrients in U.S. agriculture. Um, we also would lose the upcycling service that livestock provides. So what does that mean? That's essentially when livestock take things that are little or no value and they make higher value products. So when we do things like feed dried distillers grains from corn ethanol production or feed cotton seed uh, from cotton production to livestock, we're getting rid of what would be a waste product that potentially could go to a landfill and we're upcycling it into a high quality food. So if we put all those things together, right, um, this is the extreme scenario. This is every, literally all 330 million Americans going vegan, right? So we can imagine if that's only 2.6 percentage points, what what happens if one of us decides to not eat meat on Mondays, for example, right? There's really no change that takes place. So the answer to climate change is really not changing our diets. It's not necessarily eating differently. Again, we have to think about all of our energy use, but also think about how food gets to our plate and change that. And that's a bigger opportunity for us to reduce emissions. Well, what can be done to lower greenhouse gas emissions from ruminant agriculture? Yeah. So as we just talked, right, so maybe changing our diets isn't the big way to do it. But um, if we think about how we can actually change the system and how that food gets to people's plates, a lot of it is about improving efficiency, 
right? Doing more with less. That alone is not sustainability, but it's a really big part of it. And we can think about some examples, even historically in the United States, of how that translates into reduced emissions, right? So in the U.S. since 1990, if we look at direct greenhouse gas emissions, again, according to the EPA, uh, that come from cattle, right? We've seen a 3% decline in emissions per unit of milk in the U.S., and we've seen a 6.5% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions per pound of beef that get produced. So both cases were able to produce the same amount of output with fewer environmental impacts. And hopefully that makes sense. And really how that's happening is that we are, you know, essentially improving the efficiency of how animal production works. So that can be everything from reproductive efficiency to better nutrition of animals. You know, we can use growth promoting technologies, improved animal genetics, better health and welfare. All these things add up to mean that we are essentially able to what we call decouple the demand for meat and milk and eggs from the environmental impacts that it takes to actually produce those products. So how does animal health and welfare relate to environmental sustainability? Yeah. So when we think about animal welfare and we just think about animals when they're in a better state of biological functioning, right? They're, they're doing better, better from a physical standpoint they're often more productive, right? Whether that means they're able to produce more milk or they're able to grow at a faster rate. Um, So if we think about it from a standpoint of a dairy cow, right? And a cow that's able to produce more milk per day because she's in a nice, comfortable environment, a comfortable barn uh, compared to one that's less comfortable. That means that that animal, right? She's producing more milk. It's probably going to take less feed for her to actually produce the same number of gallons of milk. And that means she's going to expend less energy, uh, you know, actually fighting disease or dealing with stress versus producing milk. So every pound of feed that she sticks in her mouth and consumes, more of that energy, more of those resources are actually going to be producing human nutrition and less are going to be dealing with her stressful environment because she's in a better state of health and welfare. Right. So that's one of those great uh, win-win examples where we can make the animal's life better and we can also make the planet healthier, right? Because we're, we're reducing the environmental impacts it takes to produce human food. Well, why are foods from ruminant animals important? Yeah, so we think about meat and milk from ruminant animals, right? Or cattle, sheep, and goats. They're really key in terms of the essential nutrients they provide, right? So they're great sources of protein, high-quality protein from a standpoint that they produce protein that's complete that meets our needs as people really well. Um, They have all the essential amino acids that we need and they're really bioavailable. But the other thing is that those proteins are really nutrient dense, right? So I mentioned vitamin B12 before, that's really key. Ruminant products are great sources of vitamin B12. They're also great sources of things like zinc and iron. We think about red meat, like beef, Uh, a great source of calcium. We think about milk. And all of these nutrients are super important because we actually have 2 billion people, 2 billion people, significant portion of the total 7.7 billion in the world that have some sort of micronutrient deficiency. Okay. So we still have people that don't get enough calories, but these micronutrients, again, that are rich often in our ruminant foods are really key in terms of meeting that need for, for people. Specifically, when we look at children, there's 151 million children 
that are suffering from nutrient malnutrition and from stunting. Uh, and, and stunting is a condition where we essentially have kids not reaching their full cognitive development, their physical development. So essentially one in four children under five in the world is stunted, which is a really horrifying stat, right? Um, and again, part of that is caused by the fact that they're not getting enough essential nutrients um, and that are often, again, coming from animal source foods and ruminant foods in particular can be really great sources. So, you know, while we talk about this issue, and again, we mentioned climate change and people are thinking about changing their diets to have less of an environmental impact, the real, the real challenge in the world still is people getting enough, people getting enough high quality food. And high quality food means animal source food, right? It means meat, milk, and eggs, and specifically ruminant products uh, are a really key part of that. Why do we need ruminant agriculture? Is it just about the food? Yeah, yeah. So ruminant ruminant agriculture is really important because of food production and how it produces nutrient-rich food, but it's about more than food too. It's really about the broader services that ruminants provide. And one is just thinking about the land that cattle and other ruminants use to actually produce food for us, right? It essentially expands land we have available in our agricultural system because they're using a lot of land that is either too rocky, too arid, too steep for us to cultivate and grow crops on directly. So even just in the U.S., for example, 35% of the U.S. uh, is too rocky, too arid, too steep to actually use for cultivated ag. So using the four-legged critters that are cattle, sheep, and goats allows us to produce food on land without risking, for example, soil, uh, soil erosion when we have cultivation on those types of lands. We also have benefits from a standpoint which is relevant today. We think about all the wildfires out west is that that type of grazing on those landscapes can actually help reduce the risk of catastrophic wildfires and provide fire breaks for uh, for firemen, firemen and women out there. So that's another benefit. They also, as I mentioned earlier, right, ruminants, they upcycle waste, which is really key, right? They take waste from biofuels production, so from corn ethanol, from food production, like citrus pulp from uh, making orange juice, for example, uh, to cottonseed from producing fiber. And they take that what would be waste, uh, could go to a landfill and turn it into something of worth. So there's just really a lot of byproducts and benefits of, of cattle, right? We can think about as you're driving your car, you may have corn ethanol in the tank and essentially cattle took care of some of the, the byproducts to, you know, uh, to produce that corn ethanol gas, that cleaner fuel. You may be driving with a leather wrap steering wheel, right? And that's coming from, from cattle as well. Uh, it's even things like heart valves for people can come as a byproduct of, of livestock production, of ruminant ag production. So just really to sum it all up, essentially a healthy and sustainable future includes ruminant animals. Uh, it needs ruminant animals and healthier cattle, sheep, and goats mean a more environmentally sustainable food system for us and a future for us as well. Sustainable food production will continue to grow in popularity amongst consumers. Ruminants are leading the way, demonstrating how we can coexist and make the world a better place. I'd like to thank Dr. Sarah Place from the Elenco Animal Health and encourage our listeners to join us next week to hear what's on tap in animal agriculture.